faithful. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33. Hebrews 11, 33 to 34. And for those of you who may not be aware, Brother Pastor Joe Sakuru's funeral is tomorrow here at 9.30 tomorrow morning uh, for our dear pastor. So make sure you're part of that. Let's all stand in honor of God's word. Hebrews 11.33 to 34. Just two verses of scripture. This is the Hebrews 11th chapter of the roll call of faith or the hall of faith. Verse 33, it says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Waxed valiant in fight. You don't have to be valiant to begin with, but if you stay in the fight, that courage will grow. I'm not going to preach about that today. But I want to lift up that verse, that, that, that small phrase. Out of weakness, we're made strong. I want to talk to you today on strength out of weakness. Strength out of weakness. Let us pray one more time. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word here today. We open our hearts to you and our minds and our spirits. Lord God, we're asking you to give us strength. We ask you, Lord, to touch us again, to speak to us. Help us to open our minds and our hearts. Let nothing hinder, Lord God, the receiving of your word. Let us remove every, every attitude, every, every blockage, Lord God, every distraction. And let us receive, Lord, with gratefulness and with faith your word. Anoint your servant. Anoint the people of God to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you clap your hands and thank God one more time for His Word? Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Praise God. The 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews lists uh, the roll call or the... Uh, the, the hall of faith of God's mighty people. And that one part in verse 33 intrigued me, connecting it with verse 34, stopped the mouths of lions. And, and I reminded, of course, of the sixth chapter of the book of Daniel. The Bible tells us of this young man initially from the beginning of Daniel, how he was taken captive out of Israel and brought into Babylon to be uh, a captive or a slave and working under the king of Babylon at the time. And what's amazing about the story of Daniel is even as a captive, the blessings of Daniel's life elevated him to to a high rank, not only in the Babylonian courts, but even more so under Persian rule. As Persia had defeated, the Medians had defeated 
the Babylonians. And so Daniel remained stolen away from Israel, from his homeland, away from family, away from what would have been perhaps his ideal life. Now he was a slave, and yet he learned to live with God in captivity. And the Bible says, tells us, that he was elevated and prospered. Amen. That'll preach. Amen. And the Bible tells us, it goes on in Daniel chapter 6, and we're going to be following the story of Daniel chapter 6, and verse 3, that Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. There were three presidents at the time, all working under the king, and the king was so impressed by him. He had such an excellent spirit that he was going to elevate him to be above all the other two presidents and the princes. Amen. But of course, the story goes that the other presidents and the princes did not think that was a good idea. And there was jealousy and envy found in them. Can I tell you that, that when God promotes you, not everybody's going to be happy. Amen, amen, amen. When God blesses you, not everybody's going to be happy for you. The Bible says to rejoice with them that rejoice. But you've got to understand there's going to be people in this world that are not going to be shouting and rejoicing and clapping their hands for you just because you get elevated. But there is this thing called envy. And these people were envious. They were jealous. And, and envy can make a person do evil and malicious things. Ambition and greed are the companions of envy. And it's been seen before not just the last two and a half thousand years ago, but even in our day, the same vice and malcontent has been the driver and motivation for political assassinations, slander, and even murder. Envy is very powerful, and it is very sinister because you cannot tell when a person is necessarily envious. And so these princes... Uh, tried to conspire uh, to get Daniel somehow arrested. And try as they may, they wanted to get rid of him. They could not find any dirt on Daniel. They couldn't find any fault in him. They examined him. They looked at his life. There is nothing that we could use to get this guy. You see our political arena at the moment. There's all kinds of scandals coming out, left, right, and center of assault and abuse and and you don't know the amount of skeletons that are in the closets of parliament. But Daniel, they couldn't find any. The only thing that they could find about Daniel was that he was a religious man. That he prayed every day, three times a day to his, the God of Israel, to Jehovah. And so that was the only thing that they could find. And so they conspired to have a law decreed by the king appealing perhaps to his sense of ego and self-aggrandizement 
to pass a law that whoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, this is what the Bible says, save you, O king, he shall be cast into the dens of lions. In essence, they, they took, they couldn't get rid of him, couldn't find any fault in him, and so they took the only thing that they could find as a weakness in Daniel's life, which was his faithful devotion to God, and they used it to turn it against him. But what these people didn't realize was what they thought was a weakness to be exploited was actually his strength. Amen. What they thought that they could use against him as a weakness was actually his strength. Amen. And so the story goes that the law was decreed, and the Bible says in Daniel 6 and 9, so King Darius signed the law. And when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, uh, watch this, this is powerful. When he saw that the law had been signed, 30 days he could not pray to his God. Uh, Daniel didn't say, oh, well, maybe 30 days I'm just going to just keep my mouth shut and I'm just going to just pray in silent, pray in my mind, and, and I'm just going to close the door and pray in secret. And, 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 you know, he didn't say, well, I'm just going to keep it down. You know, sometimes how we pray in the restaurant, you know, we, we pray with gusto in church and in the restaurant, we're like, uh, in Jesus' name. You know, some of you people, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but he, he didn't say, okay, for 30 days, I'm just going to, God, you know, I'm just going to put this on hold. You understand, I've got a promotion. If I keep clean, if I don't pray for 30 days, I'm going to get promoted to be number one president. I'm not going to be thrown in the lions. I'm not going to be the lions at dinner. And so he said, for 30 days, you know, it's not long, God. I've still got the rest of my life. That's not what he did. Here's what he did. He went home after they signed the law. He went home and knelt down as usual in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem and he prayed three times a day just as he had always done giving thanks to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because they didn't realize something. They thought what would be a weakness, what would be something that they could exploit, his faith in God, his religion, his faithfulness and commitment to God, that was not a weakness. That was the very core of his strength. I've come to preach to this church today and remind you, you might get mocked, you might get scoffed for your faith in God. They might tease you, they might cancel you for standing for Jesus, they might put you out, you might even lose your job for preaching the gospel. But I've come to tell you, your faith in God, that's not a weakness, that's your strength, that's not something to shy away from, that's not a lie ability but that's the greatest asset that you have I've come to encourage you what we've got it's the most powerful thing it might be weak to the world but the weakness is my strength oh hallelujah hallelujah 
Amen. Can I tell you that's the greatest thing that you've got? That's the strongest thing that you have in your life. It's not house. It's not job. It's not money. It's not even a healthy body and a sound mind. But the greatest thing that you've got is your connection to Almighty God. That's not a weakness. That's your strength. That's why you ought to give more attention. You ought to give your all. You ought to give everything. Hallelujah. They thought it was a weakness. They thought it was something that they could use to manipulate the circumstance and get him to renege and get him. No, surely, surely there's this job on the line. He was going to be the most powerful man in the known world, second only to the king, King Darius. Surely he would not want to go into that lion's den. But there are some things in life, brothers and sisters, there are some things that transcend the comfort and the money and the luxuries of life. There are some, there's got to be something in you. There's got to be something in your life more than the nine to five, more than buying your dream home more than just getting what you want there's something that's got to transcend your physical life and that is the most important thing it's your walk with God it's your relationship with God it's your faith in God hallelujah that's why you will never truly be happy until you've discovered and come to know and have a relationship with God. The world would consider it as weakness. What? You go to church every Sunday? What, what do you mean? You pray to nothing? You open your mouth and start talking to, to nothingness in your room? And that's what they see. They say, oh, you're only a Christian because you're too weak. You're using Christianity as a crutch for you to stand. Because you don't, you're not strong like us. We've made it in the world. Look at us. And, and you know, that, that's, can I tell you, that's the deception of youth. To think you've got forever. To think that you've got, you're always going to be strong in your body. To think that you're always going to have it. You, go, you're, you're never, you don't need to stretch when you play. You know, I used to do that 19 years of age. I never stretched. <laughs> when you get to 40-something, none of your business years old. Your stretching is longer than the game. I'll be there in a minute. Five more minutes. And then you got to stretch after the game. Can I tell you, you're not always going to have a healthy body. You're not always going to have that job. Not everything is always going to go well in your life, but there's something that you can never lose. There's something that even if you have to go into the lion's den, that you don't have to lose. You've got, this is the most important thing. You've got to do whatever you can to maintain your relationship with God. Your prayer life is the most powerful thing that you have. It's not your intellect. It's not how strong your body is. It's not how much money you got in the bank account it's your prayer life it's you talking to God yeah. hallelujah I'm sorry I don't mean to shout I just get a little excited what they thought was his weakness that they could exploit is actually his strengths and let me tell you, the spiritual disciplines of life are often seen 
as, as weakness. You know, in our flesh, we would rather get up and go straight and do stuff. But, but prayer is, is taking a step back. Prayer is, is actually just relinquishing power and control. We would rather, you know, us control freaks, we would rather be walking around controlling everything, doing this, fixing that, and, and we feel like we're in control. But when you set time aside to pray every day, you're, 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 it's, it's a, a weakness because you're saying, I'm not going to control that. I'm going to trust in you. Listen to me. The path to strength and power, according to the Bible, it is surrender. It's in polar opposite to what the world teaches but the path to power is surrender. It's yielding. He said, Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross. What's the cross? The cross is an implement of torture and suffering. Amen. It is weakness. When you are weak, you are never more strong. That's what the, the Bible tells us. Let the weak say, I am strong. Why? Because in your weakness, his power comes. It was only when he went into the lion's den did the angels manifest there's no indication that the angels visited daniel every day three times a day there's no indication but all oh, when he went into the lion's den that's when the angel appeared and shut the mouth of lions can i tell you when you walk in your dungeon and in your den and in your prison that's when the power of god is manifested in your life Hallelujah. It is remarkable. The power of envy and jealousy. I always used to get jealousy and envy mixed up, and I still do sometimes. <laughs> but, but jealousy, the difference between envy and jealousy is that jealousy is when you are protective over something that's yours. But envy is when you want something of others. I want that. And Sister Robin talked about it last week about social comparison. And I, I've talked about this so many times. You know, the research is showing just, just the amount of people that are depressed because of how they compare themselves with other people that they see on social media. And, and so that's why, you know, maybe if you're going to hack us, well, go ahead. I don't want to be at the only reason I'm on Facebook, to be honest with you, is just to communicate with people through our church. Because if I stay, long there, stay on there long enough, I'm scrolling, I said, man, man, his suit looks better than mine. Man, that Caesar salad is horrible. I said, <laughs> and and we, we, we compare ourselves to our others. The Bible says if you compare yourself with others, you're, you're a fool. Don't compare yourself. Envy has, is a, a very powerful thing that can cause a person to do things, to, to want to become malicious and hurt other people because they want what you have. And, and so you've got to learn this, this contentment. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. Amen. And that's where he was. He, he could have had it all, Daniel. But he was willing to be thrown in the lion's den and to lose all of his opportunity to be elevated. 
because his there was something more powerful and more important in his life and that was his relationship with God and this is something that even now you know we we see the uh, we see the the foreshadowing perhaps of the last days where people are going to be controlled uh, I feel like telling them to switch off the video for a second because no, it's okay. I'll, I'll be careful. I don't want to get in trouble. But even though they threw him in the lion's den, they couldn't stop him from praying. They couldn't stop him from worshiping God. That's what they're trying to do here. They, they made a 30-day decree or a 30-day mask mandate. You can't pray. I have a mask mandate that's up to you individuals. They made a 30-day lockdown. You can't pray. Or you're going to get thrown in the lines. He says, no. You can take, you listen to me. They can take everything that you have. They, they can take your money, your, your car, your house. They can lock the doors of this church. They can. But there is something that they can't take away. No matter what. They want us not to praise God. Not to worship I'm not trying to be arrogant. Please don't misunderstand. I'm trying to speak from the Bible. There's something that, they, you know, our, our federal government and the legislators are now trying to pass the freedom of religion bill. We got to pray that that gets through because we want to still have the freedom to express our religion. For, they, they locked up Paul and Silas at midnight. Even though they were in stocks and chains, they still couldn't stop Paul and Silas from praising God, for singing praises unto God, from praying. <laughs> might delete this later <laughs> listen nobody can stop us from our worship to God we're not out offending people we're not out hurting people maybe I'm just talking to the younger generation maybe this is just a, the foreshadowing of something greater in the future to come where you're not even allowed to praise him you're not even allowed to talk about the gospel you're not listen there's got to be some things in your life that even at the expense of death that there is something more important that I'm committed to I'm committed to God even if I don't get that promotion, even if I get overlooked on the job, don't you be ashamed, but you stand for God. You maintain your walk, your faithfulness. Hallelujah. I would to God that we would become a people of prayer. It's not enough just to pray once a week, but every single one of us have got to learn to become a people of prayer to where half an hour is not long enough and one hour is not long enough. I've got to get a hold of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm convinced that if we spend more time praying, we would spend less time struggling. Here's, here's how, here's the, here's the ratio. We struggle this much and we pray this much. I believe we learn to change the ratio, to invert the ratio. And if we pray this much, I promise you, we'll be struggling only this much. I love what James Kilgore said. He said it because of the times, I don't know if you remember. He said, you all, all you preachers may be able to out-preach me, but you'll never be able to out-pray me. I want you to know the greatest thing that we can do, our strength, the power. You are never stronger than your prayer life. You are only as strong as your prayer life. 
Hallelujah. We say, oh, you know, uh, uh, sister so-and-so, she's the prayer warrior. And, and brother so-and-so, he'll do the praying. He'll go to prayer meeting. And uh, I'll just come and, you know, I'll do my little, uh, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep kind of prayer. You know, they're, they're, let me tell you, every single child of God is called into a connection. And when you get connected with God, when... The, Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, the Bible says the Spirit of God came upon them in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, He doesn't just come upon us, but the Holy Ghost dwells on the inside of us. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Perhaps this is just the foretaste of what's to come. Because the Bible prophesies that there is coming a day, Jesus himself said, when the Son of Man shall return. And we know Jesus doesn't lie. We know the Word of God doesn't lie. He's coming back a second time. And he said, before then, there's going to be great tribulation upon this earth. We see what's happening in Israel right now. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get political. I don't want to use the pulpit for politics. But, but we need to pray for them. Pray for peace throughout that whole area. Don't take one side. We're all sinners. All of them need to follow Jesus. That's the answer. But listen to me. The world is going to get darker. Might come to a stage where it's like Daniel in the lion's den. Oh, you're going to pray? I mean, already we're seeing, we're living in this politically correct world, the snowflake generation, where you cannot offend anybody. Where any, and now, if you offend somebody, it's your fault. Even if you didn't intend to offend them. Are oh, you talking about Jesus? I'm offended. Uh, take and cancel. You lose your job. You get canceled. You lose your Facebook account. Praise God. <laughs> Now we've come to a, a generation now where offense is no longer the person who's being offended's responsibility. It's now your responsibility in case you offend anybody at all. It, 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 the world has gone crazy. The, the, the madness of this world where you can get canceled. If you start to preach the gospel, you're, you're going to lose your job. We're living in an age and a time... Where, where all of that, it's like Daniel's den. Not quite getting thrown into prison yet, but let me tell you, there's places in the world where they are. Where Christians are being persecuted and killed. Where they are being martyred. I'm telling you, that, that's, that's happening today. But what's so remarkable about the story of Daniel is this man had such faith and conviction in something that he couldn't see. In, in someone that, that he didn't always see, he prayed three times a day. It's not so, I don't believe that God showed him miracles and the supernatural every single time he opened his mouth. But there's a faithfulness and a, 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 a continuation, if you will, a consistency of his walk with God that would see him through, that would give him the courage to say, that's okay, I'm not going to give it. There are some things that are not for sale. There's got to be some things in your life that you are willing to die for, that you are willing to give your life for. If you've not found that purpose, if you've not found that cause, I submit to you, you're not really living 
you're not really alive until you found the reason why you are on on terra firma why you are here in 2021 is there some young man out there some young woman who's found the cause and the purpose god is worth it all come hell or high water i'm gonna hold to his hand Glory to God. They're telling us, you got to wear a mask. I said, I said to my wife, I don't like wearing masks because no matter what mask I use, it always smells awful. I said, try putting a mint in your mouth. I said, no, wear the mask. You, you look better. <laughs> look more handsome then. But you may get to a stage where you have to keep quiet or else. But remember, what they perceive as weakness is actually our strength. It may seem to the flesh weak. The Bible says that the carnal man is at enmity to the things of the spirit. The things of the spirit are not physical. And what you might perceive as weakness in fasting and praying and reading his word and coming to church and serving God, it's actually your strength that God manifests his power. And let me remind you that the power of prayer is what will sustain you through every circumstance situation. Three, day, three times a day, open up his window. Look to Jerusalem. Well, you don't have to look to Jerusalem. Jerusalem's here, everywhere. Kingdom of God is everywhere. When you are born again, you're born into the kingdom of God. But it is a spiritual kingdom. It is not Moorbank or Green Acre. The, right, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and I, just, I can just imagine... I don't think he would have panicked as they threw him into the lion's den, but as he walked in there and all of those lions with the, one of the strongest bite forces of any animal in the animal kingdom, somehow he walked in there and only then did they see was there an experience of the supernatural. And the, the angels shut the mouths of lions. Praise God. And I'm telling you, it's not always going to be the supernatural. When things are going good, you don't always feel God there. You don't always see the miraculous there. But you keep coming into the presence of God. You stay your, your commitment and your devotion to God. And, and I promise you, you will get in contact with the divine and the supernatural. And he promises to dwell within us. But, but here's the deal. The, the king was so upset. King Darius, bring up chapter 6 for us and verse... 24 of Daniel. The king couldn't sleep. He was exceeding glad when he finally woke, came out of his bed and went down. It says the king was exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no matter of hurt, no matter of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. Not even a scratch. Not even a kitty cat scratch on his skin. That would have been awesome. I, you know, I've always wanted to go to a safari in Africa. You drive your car and then the animals come. 
he, he was right there. He was patting those lions. He's probably getting up on there, on that big, grabbing the mane of the lion. Act. Now, what manner of hurt was found, and listen to me, when you are walking with God, even when people come against you, even what they trans conspire evil against you, you're going to come out without one manner of hurt. The three Hebrew boys, the Bible says, they didn't even smell like smoke even when they were in the fiery furnace. Amen. Can I tell you, no matter what kind of prison, God's with you. Verse 24. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel. Here it is. And they cast them into the den of lions, them and their children and their wives. That's brutal. Okay, that's, we don't condone that. <laughs> the lions had mastery over them and break all their bones in pieces forever or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Okay, listen. When, when people come against the child of God, I believe God's going to do something. Well, that's why we ought to pray for your enemies, the Bible says. Pray for those that despitefully use you. This doesn't happen. <laughs> Verse 25. And the king Darius wrote unto all people, here it is, nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. Next verse. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. Amen. What God allowed for him to happen to go into the den of lions was for the king himself to be able to witness the power of God and begin to see the glory of Daniel's God. Verse 27. Watch this. He delivered and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and earth, who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. And then verse 28, this is where I'm going to come to a close, right here. So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. He prospered without even forsaking his convictions. And, and what's so significant about this? is that Darius would become instrumental in, in making a decree and collecting all of, of the tributes to be able to help Jerusalem to be rebuilt. And it would be his nephew, Cyrus, who would give authority for Ezra to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the city that was sacked. So could it be... That God allowed Daniel to go to the lion's den to perform a miracle so that Darius and Cyrus would know that God was with Daniel to give them the authority to rebuild. Oh, hallelujah. I'm sorry. I'm just going to, I'm going to have a praise break right now. <laughs> Can I tell you, every dungeon, every prison, every den, every situation that you find yourself in where you are locked up and hemmed up and, and your back is against the wall and you feel like you can't go out and you're scratching your head wondering, God, why am I in this situation? What did I do? I've been walking with you. I've been praying. I've been giving my tithes. I'm telling you, God is going to get some glory. His strength will be made perfect out of your prison God's gonna have his way 
Oh, hallelujah. I may be talking to somebody right now. If you find yourself in that circumstance where you don't understand what's going on, God, why did you allow me to get into this situation? I'm telling you, God is going to use it for his glory. He's going to fulfill his will. Hallelujah, musicians, if you like to come. It's, it's in the Bible. Every prison. You remember the story of Joseph? He, he, this, this woman wanted to sleep with him. She, he said no. He, he was thrown into prison for something he didn't do. And, and uh, most of us by now, we would think, well, if that was me, I don't know if I can handle that. I, I'm, I'm being in prison for something I didn't do. I saw this, you know, the, uh, recent... Uh, uh, people exonerated, exonerated because of DNA, people that were in prison in the United States for 30 years for a crime they didn't commit. I just saw the, uh, the headline in the news the other day. Uh, one of them was granted $11 million for compensation. But Daniel was in prison. But if he had never gone to the prison, he would have never met the butler. He would have never met the cupbearer of Pharaoh who told Pharaoh, hey, I know a guy. I've got a bloke in prison who can interpret dreams. And when God opened that door, he was able to interpret the dream and he was elevated to become prime minister of the known world. But if he had never gone to the prison, and same with, with Paul and Silas, they were in prison, we talked about it already. They sang praises to God to the point where God stepped in and the prison doors were, were opened. There was an earthquake, prison doors were opened. But that wasn't the miracle of the story. The miracle of the story is even though the prison doors were opened, none of the prisoners escaped. And the Philippian jailer comes out, oh my goodness, what's going on? He sees all the prison doors open, assuming everybody had escaped. He said, give me a sword, kill me now. Because being a Roman jailer, if you let any of your prisoners escape, you're going to be killed. You're going to be executed. And then Paul says, don't harm yourself. We're all here. He's wondering, scratching his head. You're still here. Yeah. Because we're here and we here's, here's the gospel. Could it be that God allowed Paul and Silas to go to prison, not just so they can have a worship session at midnight, but so that the Philippian jailer, because the Bible says after that encounter, his whole household was saved. They were all baptized in Jesus' name. His entire household were saved. Listen to me, in the Bible, prisons and dens and dungeons are used by God to bring about His will, to become a source of blessing. Wherever circumstance you find yourself, God can get the glory. Don't lose heart. You might be locked up in chains. You're way down with a burden. Oh, but like Paul and Silas, you can still lift up your voice. You can still worship God and say, God is good to me. I worship you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Out of weakness, your strength is from God. Out of your weakness, you become strong. Because God is the one that gets the glory. He always chooses the weak. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He's chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. He said, not many mighty, not many noble, not many wise are called. 
He called fishermen to change the world up. Ignorant, uneducated fishermen. He called an old man, an old woman that couldn't have kids. He said, you're going to be the father of many nations. He called a stuttering old man by the name of Moses to go and deliver a nation because I can't even talk. He always uses the weak. He's not impressed by strength. But can you surrender? Can you humble yourself? When you humble yourself before God, God can do something in your life. He can perform a wonder in your life. Hallelujah. There's Gideon behind the threshing floor. His knees are chattering. His teeth are chattering. His knees are shaking. He goes, oh, you're a mighty man of valor. Are you serious? Are you sure you got the right guy? He always chooses the weak. If you're weak here today, I'm telling you, it's in the den that angels begin to perform. It's in the prison that the earthquake and the power of God is released. God will, you, you can never come to God by showing how strong you are. But he says, come to me all of you that are weary, that are heavily weighed down. Anybody here tired? Tired of sin? Tired of the world? Tired of struggling? Come on. If you've been overlooked for that position, you ought to rejoice. If you get ignored, you don't have to worry because you've got God. You keep doing what you're doing. You work hard. You, you turn up to work. You do your best. But don't be envious of the wicked. Don't be envious of your brother, of your sister. But find your joy in God. Let's all stand in this place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I've got to stop. But I believe God is ministering to somebody right now. He's calling you to a deeper walk. He's calling you into a deeper connection. He's calling you to, to, to venture deeper into His Spirit. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you can receive it today. He can fill you. He promises that I will be in you. He said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. That's speaking of the Holy Spirit. And he said, out of your belly will flow the rivers of living water that flows unto everlasting life. You can receive his spirit today. He won't just come upon you, but he'll be inside of you. He'll fill you. He'll baptize you with his spirit. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this house today. I feel the power of God. I, I can sense angels are dwelling in this place to minister to those that have been struggling, to those that have been bound. You find yourself in a prison. God's got you. He's got his hand upon you. Hallelujah. I've got to stop. But God wants to do something in us. And so I want to make this time an opportunity for you to come to this altar if you'd like to come and pray. If you need to be baptized, we can baptize you in water to wash away your sins. It's going to take some humility. It's going to take some weakness to acknowledge. You, you can't get anything from God by coming with pride. Nothing ever, no one ever gets anything by coming boasting of your strength. But when you come in weakness, when you come in humility and surrender and yielding, oh, then you are the most powerful 
that you could ever find yourself. You are never stronger than when you are at your weakest. You are never stronger than when you are at your lowest. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is here. If you need the Holy Ghost, you need a miracle from God. The healer is in this house to heal, to recover you from every disease, from every problem and malady. God's come to set you free. Oh, hallelujah. Come to me the weary, he says. Oh, give me your heart. My son, give me your heart. Surrender. Surrender, said the Lord. And I will take you up. Glory to God.